0: Well, I've been officially bribed to note one person's birthday. (laughs) Why are you looking at him, Mickey? Yeah. (laughs) It was your (laughs) in-law. Oh, I I come easy. Yeah, a quarter will do it. (laughs) So, Mickey, happy birthday. And it's today, right? Well, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you.
1: Happy birthday, dear Mickey. Happy birthday to you.
0: Hope you have a wonderful day. (laughs) I got a couple of announcements. Uh, One is that the daily breads for the next quarter are sitting out on the table there and on the table behind the, the door and wall over here. And uh, feel free to pick one up. And if you uh, want to share one with someone else, pick up two. It's perfectly okay. And uh, just making sure you know where they are and and, uh, stay on track with that. And then uh, June 13th, uh, Sunday, uh, June 13th, we're going going to have a, I guess you might want to call it a fellowship meal, a barbecue here at church uh, after the worship service. And uh, the church is providing uh, the meats and, and stuff. There will be drinks, but uh, if you have a special drink that you like, I don't bank that I will know that, <laughs> and uh, you you know bring it with you. Um, I was. Uh, are we supposed to bring sides or extras? No, we don't need to bring anything. Okay, except uh, ourselves. And uh, that'll be June thirteenth after church. And that should be a lot of fun, trying to get back into the swing of things as things open up a little bit and uh, get back to our regular fellowship modes. And uh, we're missing those things, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, prayer today uh, is going to be focused uh, specifically, uh, as we, I normally do uh, on the Sunday closest to Memorial Day. Uh, and uh, that is to first uh, honor all those who have served in the service. Uh, And I'd ask that you would stand, please. Yes. Huh? No, I understand. I understand. I understand. I, I know that, but I'm still honoring those who have served. So if you've served in our services, we want to say thank you for serving. No, stay standing. Stay standing. Now I ask the rest of you to stand as we honor those who have given the greatest price of all their lives. And let's thank them and thank the Lord. Thank their families. Father, we come this morning to thank You for all who have served, but especially giving a, a, a thanks for those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. And not only thanking Lord for their gift, to defend our freedom, but also to thank their families. And we ask, Lord, that this Memorial Day you would bless their families. Uh, Lord, I know that it doesn't matter how long ago the loss occurred, uh, it's still right there. And uh, so we ask, Lord, that you would bless them, be with them, and comfort them. And again, we we thank, Lord, for all those who have Given of their lives and given of their time to serve our nation, we pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. May be seated. The uh, message this morning is from the Book of Psalms, and it's actually Psalm number one. And uh, those of you We'd like to look it up, and I'll give you a second to do that and get my notes organized here. There's a. Uh, I, how many of you are familiar with the, uh, the Pledge to the Bible? How many of you know the Pledge to the Bible? I pledge uh, I, I pledge my allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, and I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Everybody that's been in Christian school probably knows that and uh, or been to a, a Christian Bible college, whatever. And uh, the idea is, is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, and I will hide its words in my heart. Uh, that I might not sin against God. And the idea of hiding it in your heart is that you have learned them and the word would be I've meditated on them to the point where they come to me when I need them. And so uh, that's what we're looking at this morning with Psalm 1. And uh, Psalm 1 is uh, a psalm that's in uh, two parts. The first three verses are dedicated to the man, uh, the blessed man. I'll put it that way, and the last three verses uh, deal with the one who is not a blessed man, and uh, the difference between the two. The blessed man is a man who is redeemed. Uh, the the wicked man it's dealt with and is is one who is not redeemed or of the world. You could say a worldly man. And so uh, let's uh, look at the. Uh in the, in the English Standard Version, you know, they have the titles to different sections of the thing. And, it's, and the title for this psalm is The Way of the Righteous and the Wicked. And if you were to look back to uh, somebody like uh, Charles Spurgeon, it would be The Way of the Wise and the Foolish. Okay, but, and both apply to this. It's a, the, the idea is that uh, a wise person, wise in the Lord, is, is, is a righteous person because he's been redeemed. And a wicked person, unsaved, not redeemed, uh, is a foolish person. Okay? By the way, the wise person has built his house where? That's one. (laughs) And, uh,. So, he's built his house on the rock and the the foolish person builds his house on the sand. The flood comes, washes away the foolish man's house. The wise man's house stands. Okay, All of that is tied into this idea here as we go through Psalm 1. So, let's read the first three verses. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now, as we have sung several songs this morning that all tie in with what these uh, has said here, it's 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 really important to get a hold of of what is being spoken of here, and so I want to start with the idea of the the blessed man. Um, the word that's used for blessed also is does interpret in other places the word happy. Um, but when it's used in this kind of a context, it's bigger than that. It's, 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 it's stronger than that. The, a blessed man in the Lord is one who is redeemed. That's, he's blessed, he's redeemed, he's been saved. Uh, he's at peace with God. That is a blessing. And by the way, that blessing can't be taken away from you because of the circumstances of the world. And so, that's what you need to to grab a hold of here because uh, that's the real picture here. I am a blessed man because I am redeemed. I am saved. I have the Lord as my Savior. A blessed man has a particular character that is developing in him. And I want to caution as we go into this, we're not talking about a perfect person. There isn't one, except for Jesus Christ. And we needed His perfection to come into this world to save us. Okay? What we're talking about is the one who has made a choice of a direction in his heart and his mind. That this is the way I I have chosen to go. Am I still having battles in my life with, with sin? I, again, always refer back to Romans 7 as the easiest place to go and think of that final line, wretched man that I am. Who's going to save me from this body that I'm in, this flesh that has encapsulated me? Encapsulated me, and 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 then he says, Jesus Christ, Son of God, He's the one that's going to save me. And then he goes right into verse eight, chapter one, uh, chapter eight, verse one, where it says, "There is no condemnation for him he who's in Christ Jesus." So that's what makes us blessed. We are in Christ Jesus. So this man is as he as we look at this. He's, we now are going to look at the develop the developing of his character, uh, and this idea of, of, of character tends to be something that has become, in a sense, like a habit. It, it, you you either do something or don't do something out of regular repeat. It becomes a habit for you. Okay, and and so. This man, it says, does not. Take, it's interesting we take a negative to bring out a positive here. But it says he does not. And, and, and so I'm thinking, so all of this is what he doesn't do. Okay, we're going to look at what he doesn't do. He does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. And again, we can use the term foolish or worldly, unredeemed, unsaved. He doesn't walk in the counsel of these people. When he's looking to make decisions, life decisions, he goes to the counsel of the Word of God and godly people. And so he doesn't look to the world to get his ideas as to how to be a successful man. It's interesting in my lifetime. The number of times that I've been, I've been—I guess I would have to say—you know—in a sense, corrected uh, after a Bible study lesson or something, and and someone will tell me, "You don't understand what it's like to have to work in the real world, Bob. You're a pastor. You've never done that." Well. Wrong. I've been self-employed. I've worked in, in, in the business in business with the public. I understand how that is. Okay, but the idea is when that becomes someone's excuse, I can I, I have to practice the worldly business practices in order to survive and be successful. I believe my God is bigger than that. And I've seen very godly men, using very godly principles, be very successful. And so, I I look at that and say, you know, the, the reality here is that a man who is blessed, redeemed, saved, born again, all the terms that we normally put with that, he chooses not to look to the worldly way of doing things. He's looking for a better path, a better way. Because when he looks at the worldly way of doing things, he sees the consequences. One of the things about the the world is that it is generally based on a very small phrase. Me first. Some people will say, oh, there's all sorts of, of philanthropic men and, and, and stuff that, that, that they give and they're generous and stuff like that. And... That's true. And and some will say that, and they're not Christians, they're not churchgoers, this type of thing. That's true. But the bottom line is still the idea is that I have to get my portion first. And the other kind of opinion that goes with it is I am the captain of my ship, or the captain, of, I'm the driver of my car. You know, uh, The idea is is that I'm in control of my destiny. If I don't do something about it, no one else will. And that even includes tooting my own horn. People say, you know, and you think about it, when you write a resume, what do you do? You toot your own horn. You look at all the things you've done and all this kind of stuff. Why? Because that's... Getting the job. But what I'm trying to get at is is that the man who is blessed here, it's not just happy. I, I think I can find some people that would say in the world they're happy. In fact, I think I could find some people in the world that don't have Christ that would say they have been blessed and use it in a very broad, worldly way. Look at all that I have. So... What we're looking at here is a person who has made a decision. The first decision that that, that that this person has made is that I'm going to seek my counsel from God through his word and through godly, wise people. So he doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked or the worldly or the unredeemed. This idea of counsel, by the way, is more than advice. It's also instruction and example. You know, you look at, at people and, and get the instruction. There, are how many self-help books there are that are of the worldly nature? They're not. They're not Christian. Uh, they, they. And you go to any bookstore, and there's. It, it's almost overwhelming the amount of self-help books there are now. And. And you, what they're saying is, that you, you here's the seven principles, or here's the ten principles, and you start to look at them, and it's all about me, how I I can become successful, and and the, the end result is is that I, I'm looking to the again to the worldly way of of getting through this life, uh, and and my counsel, my instruction, my teaching, all of this. Uh, Do I look to the world or do I look to God? The blessed man looks to God. Now, the second thing here is is that this person does not stand in the way of sinners. The blessed man does not stand in the way of sinners. What he's saying here is the first thing is I don't counsel take my counsel from the, the, the world. As a result, I don't stand in the way of sinners. I'll, I'll make that more clear in a minute. I don't stand in the way of sinners. What is the way of the sinner or the path of the sinners? It's the route that the, the, the world goes. I, I, and the idea is, is that I am loitering or, or hanging around the place where where the sinners are. But I'm standing. I, 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 I'm mobile. I'm not placed. It's not like I'm a permanent resident or anything. And so I, I'm, I, I'm standing there. But I'm, if I'm standing there, what's the, the odds are I'm going to be what? Influenced, at least. So, I've chosen, the blessed man says, I've chosen to seek my counsel from God and stay out of the path of sinners. Does that mean that I'm not going to have any uh, 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 huh? No, a confrontation was uh, that I'm that I'm not going to be around other people who are unsaved. No, I'm going to be around unsaved people. It's not trying to to become a cloistered person and, and say I'm going to do this 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 and I'm never going to step into the world again. There are communities that have done that. And and that's not the way God tells us. To. We're in the world, but we're not of it. We're, we're going to be around unsaved people. If we're not, how are they ever going to hear the gospel? Okay, so they, they've got to see us and they've got to be around us. So this idea of path of sinners is I'm not choosing to take the way they take. Walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Does not stand in the way or the path of sinners. And the third thing that the psalmist says here is, nor does he sit in the seat of scoffers. Or the word for scoffers, those who are mockers. And the intent is openly mock God. They deny His Word. And when it says openly mock God, it means in their actions, in their words, the way they live their lives. And within the framework of... Well, what uh, I was just talking about with Alan before the service... Uh, the sex education programs that are coming into California's education system, pornography, pure and simple, graphic pornography, not just word pornography, graphic, pictorial pornography. Okay, and so what we're looking at there is is uh, that is a mocking of God. God holds the sexual relationship between a man and a woman sacred and then you have an education system that's saying all doors are open to all gender context, including bathroom doors. That's mocking God. It's denying His Word. But this idea of sitting with we can't avoid having coming into contact with this but we the idea of sitting with this is to take a seat means to join the group to become a part of you're now you're you're you're, you're sitting in such a way that you're with them listening to it and being influenced by it notice how this is a, really it's a progression i take if i take the counsel of the world i'll end up standing in the pathway of sinners and ultimately, down that pathway, I will be sitting with those who mock God. That's what it's trying to say. The blessed man, the man who is saved, redeemed of, of God, does not do that. He has made a choice. Does it mean that, that, we're, we don't, that we're perfect? No. It means that we are under the blood of Christ. But we, are, we, we look at this and, and, and because of our redemption, we are saved. And the desire of our heart is to serve God, to bless the word of, uh, the, what God has done in us, to bless God in our actions and our, and, and our doings and, and the things that, that, that we, we do privately and together. So where does the blessed man get his counsel? Well, I've said it already. He's seeking the Lord. He's getting it through his word, the, the word of God. And it says very clearly, verse 3, His delight is in the law of the Lord, which is a phrase that literally means the Word of God. And that's where we have to, to take a look here and say, okay, why am I so sure that that's where I want to, to seek out my counsel? And all I'm going to do is, is read to you from Second Timothy Chapter 3, to Paul writing to Timothy, he says in verse 10, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. By the way, he's quoting Fruits of the Spirit there. Um, My persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. Uh, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the lord yet from them all the Lord rescued me indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, but as for you, listen carefully now. As for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. In other words, know who is the person that is teaching you. Be sure of their credentials. Are they are they a Christian and do they hold the value of, of Christ in, in the in the sense of His literal bodily resurrection? All the things that go with this. And this is important. I'm amazed at what I've been reading over the last couple of years Coming out of of, of various surveys uh, in reference to what's being taught from the pulpit and churches in the United States and in the Western world, but a lot of it is is, oh, Christ was a good man. His teachings were resurrected, not him. That's not what the Scripture says. There was a bodily physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. The tomb was empty. And people say, well, how do we know? They got the wrong tomb. This is. These are people quoting themselves as Christians. Oh, they, 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 they got the wrong tomb or the body was stolen and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't make any sense. If, the body was, if they had the wrong tomb, the right tomb would have been identified and they would have shown that he was still in the tomb. The Romans and the, the, the Pharisees knew exactly where he was and they would have gone. But I'm, and I'm sure they checked it out. And there was no body. So now they said, okay, Roman soldiers who were on guard, say you fell asleep. Risk your life, uh, you know, but we'll set it up. We'll talk to your commander so you won't be in any trouble. And tell them you fall asleep. And when you woke up, you saw them carrying the body away. So the people carrying the body could outrun soldiers, trained military guys. Oh, come on. You see, it, it, it keeps falling apart. The bottom line is, what you have believed, know who, you've, who is teaching it and, and what it is they're teaching and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And this is the key to all of this. Verse 16, all Scripture is breathed out of by, out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That's why we come to the Word to get our teaching, to get... Uh, An understanding of who God is to get our counsel. Because the counsel of the Word is going to lead us in the path of Christ. And in the path of Christ, we will end up sitting with Christ. Becoming more and more like Him instead of more and more like the world. for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And this idea of delight is joy, pleasure, happiness. Uh, He finds great joy in reading the Word of God. I've had people say, uh, you know, I've read these, these scriptures. In fact, you know, somebody, you know, you'll preach something that you've preached before, uh, or they've sat under another pastor who would preach on it, and they say, No, oh, this is, you know, here, I've heard this one. And they just kind of go, wow. Okay. It doesn't matter how many times you hear it, how many times you read it. If it's talking about your salvation and the joy that God has brought into you, and the fact that you are blessed, it should bring a sense of joy and delight. And a desire to finish the, the sentence because it's God-breathed. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than my understanding. I could learn something new every time I read a passage, theoretically. If I, and, and, how, and, and for you that are reading the Word, as we're reading through in, the, in a year, the Bible through in a year, this, this picture of, you know, I read that before, but I don't remember that. Because we're reading it in context and you're not just getting a sermon part of it, you're getting the whole context and you say, "Oh my, this goes with that you know and, and, and this is what growing in the Lord and reading the word and delighting in it is, is all about. He meditates, he meditates on the law uh, uh, the word of, of the Lord day and night. The idea of day and night here doesn't mean that we're literally walking around with the Bible in our face you know, constantly. What it means is day and night. Every opportunity that I have during the day or the night, I, I take the opportunity to recognize that God is the creator of all things. And I meditate on something. It doesn't mean I'm necessarily reading, but I just think. I have, I, I've shared with you this before. The acquaintance that sets his, his watch on the five minutes off the hour. So, 105, 205, 305, and it automatically goes bing. It doesn't ring past that point. It just goes bing, or I don't know what his watch does now. But, uh, uh, and, and his reason for that was that, and, and the reason why it was off the hour was because that way it wasn't coinciding with the normal running of things. And, and what he would do, he said, I have, I'm, that ding is my reminder. Have I given any credence to what God is doing in the world since the last ding? And it's just that momentary thought of and is, God is the God of all creation. Maybe he's standing he says, maybe I'll be standing and I'm looking outside and there's a, there's a tree and I'll just stand amazed at the awesomeness of, 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 of a tree that starts from a seed. And look how big it grows. And, and, and all the things that God has to put in order for that tree to be there. Or the flowers and the bees, you know, all that, all of these things that that are so intricately coordinated, it's amazing. Paul says, if you look at creation, you can't help but think of a creator. This idea of meditate, and you'll have to understand, you know, Charles Spurgeon uh, was writing in the in the well in the 18 well the treasury of david which is about the psalms uh he he was writing those in the 1860s okay he was quoting theologians from the 1600s in the in the 1500s and and and, and so think of that as, as you as you hear this one of the interpretations for this idea of meditating. Now, what do you normally think about when when somebody says meditating? And I've, if if you're like me and you're one of the '60s and '70s kids, <laughs> transcendental meditation. Okay. Uh, what? How do you, you empty your thoughts? And you no know, that's not this. You don't emptying your brain and your mind is not what God's asking you to do. He's asking you to focus it and fill it. Okay. Um, but. What do you think about ways and ideas of meditate? What is another word? What's a synonym for meditate? Anybody want to offer one? What? Thinking. Okay. Thinking on it. Focusing on it. Okay? Anyone else? Concentrating. Something I'm really, you know, concentrating on. You read Spurgeon. <laughs> Not too many people would get get that without a word study, anyway. But uh, the, the 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 to ponder, to uh, muse, you know, there's all sorts of words that are synonyms to the the idea of meditate. But the one it is, and 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 Grant nailed it, is to chew like the cow chews its cud. Now, how do you? How does a, a, you know, if you ever watch a cow, they, 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 they chew and chew and chew and chew. until and so it's almost what they're chewing on is liquefied before it goes in so that they'll, their system will digest it. And so it includes chewing it to digest it. It's all tied into this. And so he was quoting some of these older guys and they were saying chewing the cud to, in order to digest it. I'm thinking, that's kind of gross, you know. And, and then I realized that, was, that would be terminology that people would understand at that point in time. And, and so, uh, and, and it's pretty literal. It gives you a pretty good idea, you know, over and over and over until I've got every last ounce of nutrient out of it for my body. Okay, so that's the idea of this meditate at every opportunity, day and night, every opportunity. To, to chew it and, 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 and digest it. And you know, in the idea of 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 digesting it here and, 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 and all then it says uh, you know uh, he's like uh, the law he meditates day and night and 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 he becomes like a tree. Boy, we, we, we go into a whole new picture here. A tree. Not a flower. You know, a tree. And I was thinking, why a tree? Well, because it's a tree is generally speaking, and I'm cautious with this living in the redwoods, normally has a tap root that sinks deep, gets its nutrients through its root system, and it becomes the, the idea of something massive and permanent. Okay tree you look at a tree you don't think weak if you if you went to my house and looked at the at at, at the walnut tree in our yard you would look at it and say half good needs to trim oh um, <laughs> it needs to be pruned but you'd look at it and say that is one old big tree it's been there a long time it's 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 settled it's deep okay that's the picture we want to get here and the idea that it's planted. is like a tree that is planted by streams of water. Okay? Somebody has put this tree in its place. By the idea of being planted means tied probably to an orchard. It's planted with a lot of other trees. And coming from the river or the bulk of water where it's getting its, its water from are all these little canals. We would call it today the, an irrigation system. And they're all getting their water. Okay, the water that they need to grow. These streams literally means canal. Something that is made to take the water from its source and give it to them. Who's our source of water? Christ through the Holy Spirit. Jesus in chapter 7 says He was talking about the water and He says He was referring to the Holy Spirit. Okay, And and so the idea is is that we need this nourishment. It's all tied into this picture. What a powerful picture. Uh, Planted by streams of water so that it will grow and it will grow healthy and strong, well-rooted, Quite a contrast to those that are sitting with the scoffers. He's in an orchard of trees that represent the strength and power and majesty even of God. It's like a tree planted by streams, canals, irrigation ditches, if you will, of water. Holy Spirit coming to them, and it yields its fruit. It yields its fruit in its season. It 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 has a purpose. The tree isn't just to sit there. It has a purpose. It's to yield something. It's to yield fruit. What do you think the, the fruit that it's talking about here is? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. And include with that, love, your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, it's the things that God has pointed out that are to become your character. Yielding its fruit means showing what God has done in you and producing it at just the right time. Something else about this tree which is, is, is interesting is that its leaf does not wither. And Some people get caught away and, and get you know, onto evergreens and, and, and this type of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there are a lot of, of, of fruit trees that don't lose their leaves. So, but I think there's a miraculous thing going on here. Whether It doesn't matter what kind of fruit tree it is, because of the nature that God has given it and God is nurturing it, it stays green and vibrant all the time. Yields its fruit and its leaves do not wither. And the idea of that would be, if you wanted a parallel to it in a spiritual life, he's spiritually healthy. This man who does not walk in the, in, in, with the counsel of the world in the path of sinners uh, and, and sits with the scoffers, he is spiritually healthy because he walks in the path of the Lord. His delight is on the Word of God. He meditates on it, makes it personal, makes it his own. And in all he does, he is successful. Or it says he prospers, but he is successful. And what it means is he is successful in everything God wants him to accomplish. Doesn't mean some people think successful. Oh, that means that I'm going to get everything I want. I'm going to be successful, and you start using what the pathway of the world is your standard again. No, we are successful according to the word of God. We are, we we grow in the spirit. We grow in our strength. So no matter what happens, a famine uh, uh, can happen, floods can happen, you know. Terrible you know, things that, that, that happen in our, in our world according to nature that goes on. Uh, all, we still stand in God. How many times have you seen the testimony of people who have lost everything and still say, but I have my Lord. Or, but for the grace of God, I might not have gotten through this. And they thank God, even though they've just lost everything. They are blessed. You see, because their priorities and their value system is different than the world. So all he does, he's successful. But, and I'll go through this rather quickly, the wicked are not so. Or the worldly or the unsaved or the unredeemed are not so they are like chaff that the wind drives away the 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 one who is blessed is like a tree planted by streams of water and he's healthy and vibrant and he's got water and and everything going and 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 the wicked are like chaff I, I, maybe i am I a we're an agrarian community. I'm assuming you know what chaff is, but but the idea of, of chaff is especially easiest to see with the idea of wheat. The husk around the kernel of wheat. It's it's harvested. It dries, and then they winnow. They toss it up and down. You know, in the, their little baskets or their their actually even their aprons, and the chaff is the husk, the dry husk of uh, around the kernel of of, of wheat. And it blows away and is gone. This psalm is saying, the blessed man is like a a, a tree planted and and nurtured and watered, and the unredeemed, the worldly, the wicked, are like the chaff that blows away when you uh, winnow doing the winnowing on the on the on the, the wheat. He says, the chaff, the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. In other words, at the, at the point in time of the judgment, they will not be able to stand acquitted. Okay, Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Be, there will be a separation. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish or lead to destruction. There'll be a separation. There's a and, and and it says the 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 unredeemed will not be able to stand before God in the sense of, of that they that they have been covered by Christ. Their way is the way of perishing or destruction. It's a powerful picture here. And I want to encourage you as, you as you look at this, as we start with this, this psalm. And by the way, we're going, to, we're going to go through the book of psalms very fast. Because we're going to Psalm 1 today and next week we're on Psalm 150. Okay, So we're, we're going to go through it quickly. So you've got a lot of reading if you're, if this is, you're going to read them in between. But, but the idea is, is that this psalm sets the stage for the rest anyway. But the idea more than anything else is the blessed man... He looks at the world and says no. It's it's basically that simple. He looks at the world and says no. I'm not going to follow that pattern to live my life. I'm going to go to the Word of God, and the Word of God says that I that that if I'm a blessed man, I love His Word. I, I I'm enriched by His Word. I'm driven by His Word. I am counseled by His Word. I am led by His Word. And as a result of Him moving in me, I'm like a tree who bears its fruit in its season. The fruit, again, I believe is the fruit of the Spirit. And as a result, I'm able to serve God and accomplish His purposes because that is my purpose is to love the lord my god with all my heart soul and mind and to love my neighbor as myself to to worship god and and to to serve god and as a result in serving god serving each other and so just sharing with you the you know the the, the easy the simple picture you know is, is for me is, is I don't know about you but I, I, I stand amazed at what God has done. I join Paul and stand amazed at, at the awesomeness of creation itself. We're growing a garden and and with, with what little nurturing has happened so far, I'm, I'm blown away with how it's growing. And 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 it it just every day you can measure, you know, stuff that has grown, and and and, and the idea is that we will get food off of that, you know, it, from from seeds. You know, it, it's amazing. It's just amazing how God has put it all together. We've got some ugly plants that flower. I don't like them, but I'm told to leave them alone. Because it attracts the bees, and I know we need the bees, and the bees need the plants, and you know, so uh, you know, it's it's part of the system. Amazed at creation, but even more, I'm amazed at redemption. The God of all creation emptied Himself and became flesh and dwelt among us to reveal the Father and and to redeem His Bride, the Church, the Body of Christ, which is made up of all who have confessed Jesus Christ. Confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is the Christ raised from the dead. that's you this morning as we go into communion we celebrate communion is not a sad moment it's a joyous moment we celebrate what Christ has done for us because within the framework of the communion is also the concept of the the resurrection and the coming again of Christ which we'll read when we have the scriptures would you come up and sing please a song for communion Uh, if you haven't uh, picked up the packet for communion they're out on the table Uh, We don't pass the communion, uh, and so uh, while we're singing, feel free to go and get one if you didn't get one coming in.
1: him in the sorrows he bore for my soul that night. He took my sins and my sorrows. He made
0: The Gospel of Luke, Chapter twenty two, we have Luke's account of the Passover with the disciples, and in verse fourteen it speaks of the Lord's Supper. And when the hour came, Jesus reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, "I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God." And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, "This is the, said this, and divided it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of come, God comes." And he took the bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and He gave it to them, saying, This is My body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. And likewise, He took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in My blood. Behold, but, but behold, the hand of, oh, I want to stop there, but the covenant of my blood, and he has instructed us to do this as often as we do in remembrance of him. Father, we come this morning recognizing your great mercy through the, through the blood of Christ, through what you have accomplished on the cross. Undeserved grace, you put us on the path to your kingdom. You have nurtured us through your Holy Spirit. You have blessed us. We ask, Lord, that as we go, we would look at your Word as, again, that what a gift we have been given. a God-breathed pictures of, of who God is and what You have done for us and what is yet ahead. I think of of how we can come to Your Word and look and see what You have done, what You are doing, and what You are yet to do. And we do stand amazed at all that You are doing. We worship You. We praise You. We thank You. Go with us now. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you stand as we close, please? I will
1: sing of the mercies of the Lord Forever I will sing I will sing I will sing of the mercies of the Lord
0: I will sing
1: of the mercies of the Lord, no rather I will sing, I will sing, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord.
0: The weekend.